have no idea why my sound's going wonky. It keeps doing this to me every now and then, and I don't know why. I have absolutely no idea. Hopefully, it doesn't keep doing it. Now, today, I I, I was, um, uh, you know, kind of giving away the whole not sleeping too much thing. But um, I was traveling, and I was a little bit delayed. I had no idea the airport had transformed into a whole country of its own. Um, so I apologize for the delay. I think uh, what's important today to talk about is revisit what we talked about a little bit yesterday, which is Biden meeting Putin. And the reason we need to talk about this is because this is a matter of national security. If you remember correctly, it was over just a year ago that it was discovered that three and a half million dollars were given to Hunter Biden by one of the richest women of Moscow, right? An oligarch woman. And her name was Elena Baturina. She was, um, uh, she was married to the mayor of Moscow. Uh, she's now a widow. She's the one that actually gave him that money. So when you hear people say, oh, he got money from the mayor of Moscow, uh, he got it from his widow. Let's be clear. Now, the widow actually became a cajillionaire uh, because um, she had like a company that makes like uh, plastic things. And she got a crap ton of contracts for her company that makes plastic things while her husband was mayor of Moscow and she's super tight with Vlad. Okay. Super tight. So she gave three and a half million dollars to Hunter Biden. Now that was actually discovered in the Senate report too. And so Biden's own investment uh, firm, VC venture capital, whatever you want to call it had received a wire transfer in 2014 uh, from her, which was, as it was annotated, a financial tie. I, I, no one really knows why she gave it to him, what kind of business they entered in. Nobody really knows. But the fact of the matter is, is that that money, right, um, is a big deal. But it's not the only amount. The Senate actually has a report that indicates that there were 11 different uh, wire transfers by the widow of the former mayor of Moscow, the widow of the mayor of Moscow in 2015 to BAK USA, which is a startup of theirs. Like this is complete insanity. So they were on the take from Moscow and you need to know that um, out of all of these, I think it was like eight or nine of them were sent to an account of an actual firm that does investments that was founded by Chris Hines and Biden. Wait a minute. So you're saying John Kerry's stepson <laughs> and Joe Biden's son got a crap ton of money from, you know, Moscow socialites, billionaires, trillionaires, cajillionaires. One of them happened to be the widow of the mayor. And that's crazy. Now, Hunter Biden's firm back had filed for bankruptcy in 2019. But the thing is, it's like, you know, oh, how dare you talk about that and, you know, say that this is a foreign attack against our sovereignty and our elections and our taxpayer dollars. Stop. 
here's the big deal. Okay. The big deal is dude, you're my president supposedly, right? You're supposed to be representing me. Now, as long as the president of Russia has your balls in his purse and he can kill any narrative you put out there, he can maim you with every dirt he has, right? This alleged president, right, can cause us severe harm as a nation. This is a problem of national security. And we saw their interactions, which was a big deal, right? Their interactions were were a very big deal. So I thought it would be great for us to kind of visit some of the commentary. First and foremost, we should listen to our president. He is the one that gave an exclusive interview, and it was pretty awesome. Take a listen. We're stronger now than ever before. They understand the deception and the uh, the horror that these people put this country through. It's really very sad, actually. Let me go into this double standard issue that I've been discussing here. And, and that is, you, we went through three years as a country, and I covered it almost every night. Every major newspaper, two cable networks that are nothing but Democratic propaganda, uh, ABC, NBC, CBS, they all got it wrong about Trump-Russia collusion. But now we know the truth. We know that Hillary Clinton paid for the dirty Russian misinformation dossier that even Christopher Steele doesn't stand by. And the, the subsource doesn't stand by. That dossier she paid for was then used to spy on you as a candidate and a FISA court was lied to. And then it was used again to spy on you as in your transition phase and then as a president. And we also know that money from Russia made it to a prominent political family in America, Ukraine. Um, what do you make of the double standard? Some people even get Pulitzers over such phony coverage. Well, they did get Pulitzers, and it turned out to be uh, they got Pulitzers for absolutely incorrect and opposite reporting. It was uh, horrible reporting, and uh, there are many people that should have gotten Pulitzers where they had it right, but they were not considered, and it's a disgrace. Uh, I think Pulitzer is another one that's been disgraced by this whole last four-and-a-half-year period, five-year period. But literally from the day of that wonderful ride down the escalator, from that moment on, uh, investigation after investigation, and the people that were guilty, uh, they uh, they just float right through how it wasn't done. Uh, DOJ didn't do anything about it. I guess they felt they want to be soft. Uh, this group doesn't feel that way. But you know what? I let that up to DOJ. I let that up to the people running DOJ. And I wasn't involved. I would say that uh, probably maybe less involved than I should have been. And maybe I should have been forcing it. But a lot of uh, very guilty people were uh, not in any way prosecuted. And I'm talking about very, very serious uh, things. If you look at Comey and McCabe and the two lovers and all of the things that went on and they weren't prosecuted. If you read the Horowitz report, and, of course, everyone's still waiting for Durham. What happened to Durham? How is that allowed to go into another administration? By the way, is he in the it's witness just, protection program? I'd like to know where he is, too. Is he in the I witness protection know. program? I don't know. He disappeared. To be gone. And there was so. But you didn't even have to go into Durham. You could have just taken the Horowitz report. And I have a lot of respect for Mr. Horowitz, the IG. And he wrote a report that was devastating to Comey and devastating to McCabe, and they didn't do anything with it. It's incredible, actually. Incredible. Very sad. They're very sad for the country. But, you know, I guess they felt they shouldn't. And yet this administration feels the exact opposite. If people don't do anything wrong, they want to go after them. 
big difference. And it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a tough standard, but hopefully you have an attorney general now that will be, uh, that will be fair. But I will <laughs> say that the people running uh, the justice and the people in it, don't forget, you have tens of thousands of people and they were put there by, uh, by Obama. They were put there by everybody. They were put there by a lot of people that came, including Clinton, but they were also put there by Bush. And, uh, you know, you see what goes on with that whole group. So you have a lot of people put in there by Bush and Clinton, you put there by Obama, and uh, then you put some in yourself and you can't do anything about it, I guess. I don't know. But I think that they were very, very soft and maybe rightfully so, but they were very, very soft and uh, probably they wanted to be very fair. But a lot of people don't look at it that way. It's uh, it's a shame. There was such guilt and such a horrible thing happened. They were spying on my campaign. You know, if you think about it, all the way back, almost at the beginning, when I when I made a statement that my campaign was spied on, it was one of the biggest moments. It was nobody could believe it. Then it turned out that I was, it was more than spied on, much worse than being spied on. But they didn't do anything about it. And uh, to me, that's a terrible thing for our country. I don't see that Biden got anything from Putin. And I can't believe that American energy workers were were with a stroke of a pen, lost their high paying career jobs for the same exact thing. The waiver that 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 Biden gave on Nordstrom. I, I can't believe it. Let me ask you this. If you were still president, would you have given that waiver? And secondly, what would you be doing about the cyber attacks that are ongoing? colonial pipeline, the attacks on our meat industry. How would you be handling that with Putin? Well, in the waiver, nobody really uh, understands that I was the one that stopped it. I stopped it from being built. And I went to Germany and I said, listen, we protect you with NATO at a very low cost. And they're very delinquent. You know, they're only paying half of what they're supposed to be paying. And what they're supposed to be paying is very low, 2%. And they're paying half. And so we protect you. We have 52,000 soldiers over there, which is like a major, major city, frankly. They make a fortune with us. And then they go and they pay Russia billions and billions of dollars for energy. So I said, so let's get this straight. To Angola. I said, we protect you. And the people that we protect you from, the country, uh, you're paying billions of dollars. How does that work? And there are others. So... I got NATO to pay $430 billion more than they were paying because the United States was paying for almost all of it. I mean, think of it. We pay for their protection and they excuse the word. They screw us on trade. That's the only word that's really descriptive enough because they are in many ways worse than China or as bad as China on trade. How many Chevrolets are being sold in Berlin? Not too many. How many Chevrolets are being sold in Paris? Not too many, maybe none. And yet we sell their products, their wines and their cars and their Mercedes and their BMWs and everything else. We sell it all over our country. And all of that was stopping. We were ready to go. And then we got hit by the pandemic and nobody did as good a job with the pandemic as we did. And that's why we're leading the world in terms of coming back. And that was all set long before Biden came in including the fact that we came up with vaccines in less than nine months when a lot of people, everybody said it was going to take three to five years and you probably wouldn't be successful. And if we weren't successful, Sean, I'll tell you this, you would have another 1917 
tragedy where almost 100 million people died, but we were successful, so it was a great thing. Let me ask you, in your summits and in your conversations with Putin while president, um, what did you learn about him? Have you spoken to him since you left office? And was it a mistake for Biden not to hold that joint press conference with Putin? I got along really well with him. Uh, nobody was tougher in Russia. He would say that, but nobody would, was tougher in Russia. You never heard of uh, Nord Stream. You never heard of all of the things that we did in terms of sanctions, so many sanctions. And I, would, I was loving the idea of taking them off. I would have loved to have taken them off as soon as they got their act together. I think we had a, you know, a great shot at having an unbelievable relationship with Russia. Uh, it could have been fantastic. It could have been really beneficial to both countries. You know, they need economics and we need things that they have where they have very valuable land in terms of mineral rights and many other things. And a lot of good things could have happened. I had a very good relationship with Putin, but nobody treated him tougher. He understands nobody ever heard of the pipeline until I got involved. And I said, wait a minute, the pipeline's going to Germany and all over Europe. What's going on? Why are we protecting you people? You know, again, and I, I just, uh, it was just unbelievable. I got so much for that. And to give up the stoppage, I mean, we, I stopped it. And to give it up. And then if you, you see what they did, and the number is really 48,000, not 8,000. But you see what they did with the Keystone XL pipeline, where they stopped it almost on the first day. And that was never mentioned during the debate. I kept saying, you know, you're not going to be energy independent. You're not going to do for Pennsylvania, for Texas, for all of these places where we're doing so well with energy. We're not going to be energy independent in two months from now. They're making oh, windmills all over the place to ruin our land and kill our birds, to kill everything. And we're not going to be – and they're very intermittent, as you learn from watching uh, over the last four months. It's intermittent energy. It's not good. It's not going to power our great factories. And what it's a real, what did you a make real of, problem. Yeah. There, there, was a question yeah of what, there was a question of whether Ukraine would join NATO. And Biden's answer is they have to clean up corruption. And OK, yeah. so they can't jo join NATO because they got to clean up corruption. But his son made a fortune and he leveraged a billion dollars and bragged about it of U.S. tax dollars. And this is a big issue to you because you went over an impeachment over this. Um, leveraged a billion dollars to get a prosecutor in Ukraine fired. He's got six hours to do it. And son of a B, they did it. Now, I'm just imagining if they're too corrupt to join NATO, how come it's okay then for Hunter to make all that money when he admitted on Good Morning America he had no experience in energy, gas, uh, Ukraine, and got millions of dollars? What if your son's got millions of dollars for that with no experience? Well, when he said that, I was very surprised that he said it because he said basically Ukraine is corrupt. And that was the whole purpose of what was going on. And frankly, we had an obligation, even a legal obligation. You know, we have an agreement signed with Ukraine. And that agreement says you got to be honest. You got to run a straight country. And uh, they don't do that. And when I saw that statement, I was surprised because I guess you hear different numbers, but it's $183,000 a month for his son uh, to consult on energy from an energy company in Ukraine to consult on energy. But he admits that he knows nothing about energy. The whole thing is just terrible. Uh, the money from Russia, three and a half million dollars from the 
wife of the mayor of Moscow, the former mayor of Moscow, we no longer have a fair and free press. Whether you like it or not, and I hate to say it to you because you're a big believer in the press despite what you go through, but we no longer have a free and fair press. I, I said in 2007, sir, I didn't. I wish I came up with fake news, but I did say journalism in America is dead, and I don't think I was wrong. I think I probably understated it. Let me, let me ask this, um, because two weeks, last week, Joe Biden said to our military that global warming was the biggest threat they faced. The week before, he had said white supremacy is the biggest threat to America. Um, I don't know. I think China, Russia, North Korea, the Iranian mullahs might be bigger threats, radical Islamic terrorism. What's your reaction to that answer? Well, he said that the uh, military told him and the generals that, which was, I can't believe that, but uh, maybe, but they shouldn't be working as generals any longer, that uh, global warming is the, our biggest threat. Now, when you look at China and you look at the military apparatus, which I was really doing a big job on. I have a very good relationship there, too. It was a fantastic relationship until COVID or the China virus came in. And after that, you know, we made a great trade deal where the farmers of this country and the manufacturers are doing fantastically because of that trade deal. Farmers are doing better than they've ever done now. And that's because of what I did, not because of what these guys did. And uh, we did a, a fantastic thing. But when you look at it and when you look at what happened, Sean, and uh, you, you see that horrible, that horrible thing that came at us from China and came at us from the Wuhan, the Wuhan lab, uh, it changed my whole line of thinking. And, and you just I, I really hope and I believe it was an accident. It was incompetence. I guess some people don't necessarily agree with that. They think maybe there was purpose to it, which would be uh, absolutely terrible. But we have to find out more about it. Why did it happen? How did it happen? How could anybody be so incompetent? And that is not a group of incompetent people. So, yes, well, Mr. President, can I add one that. thing but here? I, I believe it. I believe it was a terrible accident, but I believe it came from the lab. And I I think why would you think it's an accident? We all we we knew there was actually video out now of bats in the Wuhan virology lab. Uh, we knew that they studied coronaviruses. And we now know from the emails from the uh, great Dr. Fauci, Flip Flopper, that that gain of function research was being done there. So it seems like the most logical conclusion. The only question is, is there a possibility that U.S. tax dollars help pay for the gain of function leading to COVID-19? Well, we ended that, John. And when we heard about it, I ended that. But that started in uh, 2014 under Obama. And uh, when I heard about it, we ended it very rapidly. I said, can you imagine? And it wasn't even Wuhan. It was just that we were paying China on top of everything else. We're now paying for uh, their research and other things. Ridiculous. So we ended that uh, as soon as we heard about it. And we did a lot of things against China. Not that I want to be against China, because I had a great relationship with President Xi, a lot of respect for him. But uh, I banned China from coming into the country very early before anybody, Fauci, Nancy Pelosi, was dancing in the streets of January Chinatown 31st. and San Francisco. And uh, they were all saying what I did was uh, xenophobic and horrible and racist. And uh, then they said four months later, I saved thousands and thousands of lives. But I banned China from coming in. And uh, it's lucky I did. And then I banned Europe from coming in because you saw what was happening, especially in certain countries in Europe. And I banned Europe from coming in. And everybody said that was terrible. But we saved tens of thousands of lives. And 
now we have to get back and the schools have to get open. And frankly, uh, we're lucky we have the vaccine, but the vaccine on very young people is something that you got to really stop. You have to get back to, to running your country. I mean, I don't see reasons. And I am a big believer in what we did with the vaccine. It's incredible what we did. You see the results. But to have every school child where it's 99.99%, they just don't, you know, they're just not affected or affected badly. Having to receive a vaccine, I think, is something that you should start thinking about because I think it's unnecessary. You want China to pay $10 trillion, don't you? Well, the number is much higher than that, but there's only so much they can pay. And that's to us. And the world is uh, the number is bigger throughout the world. Look, countries have been destroyed over what they did. And whether by accident or not, and I would hope that it was accident. I hope that it was through incompetence or an accident. But when you look, whether it was by an accident, whether it was whatever it is, uh, this you look at these countries. They'll never, ever be the same. Our country was hit so hard, but other countries were hit much harder. Look at what's going on in India now. You know, they used to say, oh, look how well India is doing, because they were always looking for an excuse. Look how well India is doing. The fact is that India has just been devastated now, and virtually every country has been devastated. Now, I think I think uh, that's one of the reasons that I feel it's very important to find out where it came from, how it came. I think I know. I mean, I feel certain about it. But certainly China should help. Right now, their economy and our economy are the two economies that are coming, that are coming back the fastest. I mean, if you yeah. think about it, uh, in certain ways, maybe they were they benefited very greatly. I mean, very, very greatly. And I can tell you they benefited with the U.S. because we were in a process of doing things where we caught up to China at a level that nobody thought was possible. And once the China virus came in, we had to take a very different look. You know, the world changed. The whole world changed. You didn't think about the economics. You think you thought about saving people and saving lives. So the world changed. It was a different, was a whole different ball that. game. We did we did the great trade deal, a big piece of it, but we did the great trade deal, and it helped a lot of people, manufacturers and farmers in particular. But but you know, after after that horrible disease floated in from China, however it came in, and it came in through numerous ways. Once that disease came in from China, I had a whole different attitude. It was a terrible thing. Let me ask you about, let me go back to the campaign, and I'm going to play a tape for you here. Um, I've compared Joe Biden. I've shown video of him from 2012, 2016. He, I called, you know, he lived in his basement bunker throughout most of the campaign in 2020. I, I used to argue he was in the big tech media mob protection program and they let him hide and get away without answering many questions. Did the bare minimum of anybody campaigning. And I have a highlight reel that I put together, but I'm, I'm saving that for another day. But this happened at the G7. Joe's had a lot of these um, cognitive misfires. Let's call it that. And this is the one that he had because he had called Putin a killer. Then he was asked about it. He didn't want to give that answer because he's about to meet with Putin. And your reaction to Joe and and do you think he's up to the job physically, mentally? Let me play this. Vladimir Putin laughed at the suggestion that you had called him a killer. Is that still your belief, sir, that he is a killer? <laughs> to answer the first question, <laughs> I'm laughing, too. They actually, uh, 
Well, look, I mean, he has made clear that... Uh, uh, is, I believe he has in the past essentially acknowledged that he was, uh, there are certain things that he would do or did do. You know, I do make fun of it, but in all seriousness, Mr. President, that scares the hell out of me. Have you noticed the same well, thing I see? Well, maybe the only time I've ever disagreed with you is about the age, because I guess Joe is going on to be 79 fairly soon. And that's not old, relatively speaking. I know Bernie Marcus, a great gentleman, founder of Home Depot. Oh, uh, Bernie Sanders is older. 100%. I spoke to him. He's 100%. And other people are in their 90s and 80s, and they're doing great. So, you know, his age is not the problem. And look, I hope he has no problems. I want him to do well. I want him to go out and do well. Uh, I think the election was unbelievably unfair, but I want this guy to go out and do well for our country. I don't want to see a scene like that. I watched that yesterday. I thought it was terrible. It was terrible. Nobody knew what was happening. Let me ask. Let me move on to the economy. We now have inflation. We now have jobs that people aren't taking and businesses now are are turning down the federal government's extended unemployment uh, benefits. Uh, the price of lumber through the roof, the price of gasoline up an, a- an average a dollar ten per gallon. The price to heat and cool your home is up. The price of meat is skyrocketing. Lumber is skyrocketing. Every item that you buy in any store that is delivered by a truck you are paying a lot more for. And I'm looking at it, and and we're getting rid of energy independence, which you gave us as president for the first time in 75 years. What is your take on the state of the economy and the impact the current border crisis has on it? And I want, I'll do a follow-up on that. So the lumber is really a, a function of uh, supply and demand. We have so much, but they're putting environmental restrictions on trees now that are so bad, and we're trying to make deals with Canada. I can tell you from personal experience, Canada is very, very tough. Uh, Canada is uh, as tough as anybody. They, they, It's very unfair the way Canada treats us. And I had it down to a science. It was so good. It was so – we were doing so well. Everything was coming down. We signed the uh, USMCA, Mexico-Canada, but we were not being taken advantage of anymore. And I was going to tariff the hell out of their cars coming into the United States if they did, and they knew it. And as soon as I left, they started playing games. And now you look at lumber prices because we get a lot from Canada. And you look at what's going on with milk and the fact that they don't take us but we take them. So many things they did to the farmer that I straightened out, and now it's going back to worse than it was because there's nobody there complaining about it. Now, Canada treats this country very, very badly. So does Europe, by the way, and China you know about. But as I say, in many ways, Europe treats us just as badly as China. Well, let me let me ask this question, and I want to ask it, and I'll ask you about 2022 and 2024 in a minute. It seems to me that conservatism, and I remember, and maybe you do or you don't, when you were thinking about running for president, in times that I'd interview you in private conversations we'd have at the time, I explained what I believed in. I really haven't changed much. I believe in liberty, freedom, capitalism, our constitution, low taxes, less government interference, bureaucracy. 
a constitutionalist on the bench, school choice, law and order, safety and security so people can pursue happiness, free market solutions for health care, including protecting pre-existing conditions. I want secure borders. Uh, I absolutely positively want energy independence for a lot of reasons and free and fair trade and peace through strength. That pretty much sums up Sean Hannity's philosophy. It was talk that you are considering maybe laying out the Trump America first, make America great again agenda. How close is my lifelong held beliefs to what you would put on paper if you ever considered it? And are you considering it? Well, I am. And frankly, if you think of it, that's what I've been doing and talking about for a long time. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Hey, click here to subscribe to Fox News YouTube page and catch our hottest interviews and most compelling analysis. You will not. Interesting that he cut it off right there. Whoa. Um, I don't. Is my thing not working? Hello? Oh, shit. This wasn't working. Okay, I was talking, and now it makes sense as to why it wasn't working, because I pushed a button trying to troubleshoot the crackling, but it's probably because I'm in an unsecure location with a burner laptop, and obviously there's interference. So, um, you know, I can't believe that he cut it off right there. I wanted you guys to hear it, that we didn't hear that portion of it, but the president actually made some really good points, and he was very... um very good at ensuring that he doesn't, that he doesn't promote the idea that, you know, you know, why are we, why are we begging for him to fail per se, right? We shouldn't be doing that ever, right? Because if he's supposedly flying this airplane and we want him to fail, we all crash. And I think that was a really good uh, point made. I think that was a very good point made. Now, other points that were made that I kind of liked is this one. Joe Biden should have never met with Vladimir Putin today, but he did. And now, folks, the damage is done. Joe Biden explained to the world why he is so weak. His foreign policy, specifically with our... before my friend but I don't know if you know who I am but I was there and I saw what you did I saw you with my own two eyes so you can wipe up the grin I know where you've been it's all been a pack of lies and I can feel it Coming in the air tonight. Oh, 
Coming in the air 